I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Tonight, we are going to ask the question, who was Rebecca Rolf, a young woman who passed away at the age of 20? You know, at 20, you really haven't been on this planet for very long. So I guess our other question is going to be, how is it that this individual, Rebecca, became so famous or made such an impact on American history that she became um printed on a U.S. postage stamp and recognized? Well, to find the answer to both your questions, Gary, we're going to have to travel once again to Gloucester County, Virginia. Are you familiar with that area? Yeah, I feel like um, this is a recurring theme with our (laughs) podcast. Uh, Do you have some kind of obsession with uh, Virginia and Gloucester County? It just so seems that Gloucester County has a wealth of incredible stories, and so... This happens to be one of them. And we're going to go to the area of Gloucester County that today is called Wicomico. Wicomico, Wicomico. That's uh, about where Rebecca Rolfe was born, back in the colonial days of Virginia. But that was not her uh, name at birth, Gary. Okay. She was actually a member of a tribe of Native Americans who lived in that area, and her father was a chief, and his name was Powhatan. Oh, I think I know who we're going to be talking about. Well, we believe that Powhatan's daughter was born in 1596, but we can't be sure. Do you know why? Uh, Well, uh, due to the time period, I would say it's probably because they didn't have great record keeping. Definitely not. Uh, The Native Americans really had no way of keeping uh, recorded uh, records other than uh, their oral history, and right. even the uh, colonists um, uh, had difficulty if if you weren't connected with one of the uh, churches because uh, making paper back then was a very laborious process, and it started out with this stuff that looked kind of like mush, and then mm. they uh, scraped it on something that looked like a washboard until finally it dried out and became a piece of paper. So yeah. uh, paper just um, wasn't a thing back in 1596, so written records are scarce. 1596, however, is when the um, historians believe uh, Rebecca Rolfe was born. And uh, Powhatan named his daughter Matoka. So Rebecca Rolfe was actually known as Matoka. That was her first name. Oh. Mm -hmm. Her maiden name? Uh, Well, no, that was her first name. Well, I mean, you know, Rebecca Rolfe, uh, I'm assuming, is a name that she took on once she got married. Right. So her childhood wasn't always a happy one, by the way. In 1613, when I would guess she was about 17 years old, the Virginia colonists waged a minor war against Powhatan. His daughter was captured, and they held her for ransom. Do we know what uh, was the cause of this little uh, scrimmage? No, um, I don't. I haven't researched it to to that depth, but I'm sure that cause is available if you want to dig further into history. So the interesting thing that happened, however, is while she was being held for ransom, while she was in captivity, she converted to Christianity. 
and she took on the name Rebecca at that point. Then she married a rich tobacco planter named John Rolfe, so she became Rebecca Rolfe. And in 1615, which was less than a year after she married John, she gave a birth to a baby boy who the couple named Thomas. Then, a year later, they traveled to England, of all things, for business purposes. And in presenting his wife as a civilized savage, dressed in the latest London fashions and attending elegant events at Whitehall Palace, Rolf was hoping to stimulate investments in the Jamestown settlement. So my question to you, Gary, is what do you think? Was Rebecca the love of John Rolf's life? Or was she simply a way for him to increase his wealth and gain some status with the investors in England? So was it a forced marriage or a marriage of convenience or a marriage by common consent? Well, you know, I I think it's interesting that you asked that question because there's a lot of things um, with how things were taken care of during the 1600s, right? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times... Uh, people married young or men married younger women uh, because they wanted to have lots of children and, you know, life expectancy at that time. Well, I mean, if you made it to 30, then, you know, you had lived a long life. So that's part of it. But also, too, um, thinking about the the profit uh, that he would have gained uh, by, you know, presenting his wife, who is a Native American, uh, and at that time, would it would have been very exotic for anybody in Europe uh, to see somebody who was native. It seems like that could have been part of it. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of questions. And to be honest, you know, that, that period of time in American history, uh, Native Americans were not treated the best, and, and they were often exploited for many different reasons. Right. So uh, I just uh, I just find it hard to believe that this at least started off as a, a marriage uh, cemented by love because she was in captivity, for goodness sake, and uh, by a, a, an alien culture and, uh, and race. And so uh, you have to wonder uh, how much uh, she looked at uh, survival as, as one of the reasons for entering a marriage with John Rolfe. Now, we can't say. They could have absolutely been deeply in love with each other, and this truly could have been you know, a marriage made in heaven. But I, I'm just asking these questions because history doesn't really. And you have to wonder uh, why they married and, um, you know, what happened after that. Right. Now, in 1617, which is just, uh, as I say, uh, uh, a few years after they married, they uh, prepared to leave England, go back to the Virginia colony, and she died. She died, 20 years old, and she died. And she left behind her husband and her infant son. Now, that doesn't seem like the kind of life that would inspire the United States of America to place her image on a postage stamp. It was too too brief. Too brief, yeah. And not very significant other than the... uh, you know, the little war between the um, settlers and the, uh, and the, Native, the Americans. Native Americans. Right, but now let me tell you uh, the rest of the story. All right, Paul Harvey. <laughs> Her, she had another Native name as well as Matoka. Can I take a guess? Yes. 
would it be Pocahontas? It is Pocahontas. So now, uh, if uh, anybody checks, they will see the image of Pocahontas dressed in the latest English finery of the day, the 1600s, on one of our postage stamps. And here's why. It all uh, goes back to an incident connected with Pocahontas and John Smith, Captain John Smith. Do you know anything about that story? Yes, I have watched the Disney movie before. Oh, <laughs> you're an expert then. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, I mean, here's the thing. You know, uh, the majority of uh, people who are my age, and I'm, I know I'm dating myself right now, but uh, I'm, I'm in my 30s, and so I grew up with a lot of the Disney movies from the late 80s all the way up through the 90s and early 2000s. And I know that was a very popular movie, and it established the the kind of story that we all um, recognize with Pocahontas, that you know her and John Smith had this um, almost Romeo and Juliet type romance, and that uh, Pocahontas had saved John Smith from being killed by her father, uh, and it was because of this that they they fell in love. Uh, of course, um, I know a, a sequel was done to that animated film in which uh, she does meet uh, John Rolfe and they do get married and her relationship with John Smith, um, you know, ends and it becomes a, a friendship. Um, but what I can remember from history, from what uh, we learned about that, is that uh, there wasn't really too much of a real romantic relationship between her and John Smith. There was a respect uh, between each other, and it's kind of sketchy as far as what happened as far as her father and John Smith. Um, but I do know that um, John Smith uh, was nearly killed in an incident uh, in which he was on a boat that was carrying a lot of gunpowder, and it blew up, and he was thrown out of the, uh, the boat. Now, I can't remember whether or not... Uh, he had just been horribly maimed or if he had died uh, a while later uh, from those injuries. At least that's that's kind of what I remember from at least his side of the story. But as far as who uh, she ends up with, it was definitely John Rolfe. Yes, and I think the one thing we can uh, gather from all of this is never believe the movies. Of course not, because they all tell a fantastic story they, of their own. They all are there to entertain, not necessarily to inform. So uh, you can be sure that this story was romanticized by Hollywood, and it may resemble very uh, little of the actual uh, truth in the matter. Uh, we have to remember that when this alleged incident occurred in which she saved Captain John Smith's life, she would have only been about 12 years old. So um, if there was some kind of romance going on there, uh, it would be difficult to imagine between this much older person and a 12-year-old uh, daughter of the chief. Oh, absolutely. So anyhow, um, I, I would start by saying don't believe everything that Captain John Smith wrote about her. Mm. Wait, is that where the majority of the story comes from, is his writings? Yes. Now, he first wrote in 1608. And so she would have been about uh, 12 years old. And he describes a great feast followed by a long talk with Powhatan. And he doesn't mention Pocahontas in relation to his capture at all. No mention of her in his 1608 version. So that 
raises red flags in my mind. Ooh, did something really happen between them, or did she really save his life? Uh, because in 1608, when he's writing about this, he's talking about the feast and everything, and doesn't mention her. Now, Powhatan was attempting at that time to bring Smith and the other colonists under his own authority, and he was at that feast offering Captain John Smith the rule of an entire town. He was telling Captain John Smith, look, I'll give you this town that you can rule over with with your fellow settlers. Well, that doesn't sound like he needed rescue by Pocahontas, does it? (laughs) No, it sounds like a pretty fair deal. Yeah, but 16 years later now, Oh, oh, 16 years later, and, um, you know, Pocahontas has died by this time. Captain John Smith tells a slightly different dramatic tale, and this surely captured the attention of the British public. And I'm going to tell you now in his own words what he wrote 16 years after 1608, which would be 1624. Oh, I am all ears right now. Two great stones were brought before Powhatan. Then as many as could laid hands on me, dragged me to him, and thereon laid my head, and being ready with their clubs to beat out my brains. Pocahontas, the king's dearest daughter, when no entreaty could prevail, got my head in her arms and laid her own upon mine to save me from death." That definitely sounds like a much more romanticized version of what happened. Not not that he was offered a whole bunch of land at a feast. Um, yeah. 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 Wow. Hmm. But anyhow, those are his exact published words. So those are the words that came from Captain John Smith, and that became our established history of the event. And because it became part of our established history, Pocahontas was honored centuries later with a U.S. postage stamp in her honor. Now, John Smith, as you uh, alluded, he did return to England in uh, late 1609. Pocahontas would have been 13 at that uh, point after that gunpowder incident. So all of this is a little bit hard for me to totally believe. Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, here's, here's the thing that I think we all have to realize is that even within our own American history um, from, you know, starting back in the 1600s all the way up till recent, there's a lot of, of rewriting or retelling of history, things that we discover um, that happened or didn't happen. And a lot of this comes from the fact that, like what we were talking about at the beginning, a lot of this has been oral history. There were very few writings of these things. So they were stories that were passed along to people. And so we have to imagine that certain things were exaggerated on or embellished a little bit to make it sound more interesting to listening audiences. And I think that's kind of where we find it, you know, and it's not until much later that we kind of get all of the pieces. Uh, I would imagine, though, that there are some uh, nuggets of truth in a lot of the fiction, but it really, I guess, comes down to the individual, what uh, you're willing to accept as truth and uh what what part of it you think is fiction? Sometimes history will never reveal the total truth, but for those of our listeners who now are interested in this story and would like to find out more, I welcome you to go ahead and research it and see if you can actually believe Captain John Smith's version of what happened or not. 
and you might find some incredible things that uh, have escaped our attention. Now, I have a question for you. We've got John Smith's version of everything that happened. Do we have any recorded records of anything that John Rolfe might have written about his wife or how they met and relationship formed? No. Um, and uh, we don't even know her cause of death in March of 1617. Now, various historians have speculated. Some have said uh, she died of tuberculosis. That's what I've always heard. Okay, and I can, I can accept that. Some said it was smallpox. I can accept that. Mm. Uh, Native Americans not exposed to the European smallpox. She goes to England and she dies. Um, it could very well have been smallpox. Oh, of course it could have been. And some say pneumonia. Oh, maybe. I, 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 t I tend to think about the smallpox as the number one in my mind. Sure. But there's a few... And this would be worth exploring, who believe that she was poisoned. Okay, now this is all taking a sinister turn. Mm -hmm. What leads you to believe that Pocahontas may have been poisoned, and by who? Right, and I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I haven't really seen anything that would lead me to believe that. I'm just saying it's out there. Okay. <clears throat> so again, our listeners can go ahead and explore this story on their own and come up perhaps with their own answers. Mine is she most likely died in 1617, leaving England to return to Virginia, but infected with smallpox. Mm. Now, according to her husband, John Rolfe, right. this is what she said when she died. All must die, but tis enough that her child liveth. And her child grew up to be an adult and had children of his own who had children of their own. And there are people related to Pocahontas still with us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, did anything significant ever happen with her son? Did he ever become anything uh, other than just part of her legacy? Not that I'm aware of. Interesting. So at this point, Gary, I have to tell you, I'm Richard. I'm Gary. There's our music. And that was another incredible story. <laughs>